and it's a wrap. July 21st, episode 105 of the Hezzy. The Milwaukee Bucks are the 2021 NBA champions. Game starts. Everybody's tight, right? Everybody's tight. Did you see the drop-off Book gave P.J. Tucker? I have no legs. I have no legs. Chris Paul started off awful. I thought he was giving the ball to Aiton in all sorts of bad spots that kind of got him off to a timid start, but Aiton deserves plenty of blame himself, right? He was out there again trying to finish like he was 6'2". Everything was scooping away from the contact. It was... It was sickening to watch on that stage from young Aiton. It really was. Um, but the Bucks were no better. You, again, just the tension in the air. Everybody was missing badly. And so well, the, the score was like five to six halfway through the first quarter, it felt like. And it was almost a wash towards the end of the first, beginning of the second quarter, as Milwaukee had established somewhat of a lead with, with Giannis getting going. He was the only guy going. Campaign comes in and I thought he gave the Suns huge minutes, right? Because he kind of led them on an 8-0 run. And it really bought Chris Paul time to find some sort of rhythm. Because again, he was awful to start the game. I also thought you saw the Bucks kind of have an adrenaline dump in that second quarter. They come out, you know, the crowd is nuts. The Deer Valley, they take the lead. And it's like, this is happening. It's really happening. We're going to win the championship. And then I think they kind of looked up and realized, wait, there's a long ways to go. The Suns make a little run. And then there's just a little, I don't know, a little mental gymnastics that go on in a closeout game in that scenario. And it hit the Bucks in the second quarter. And the Suns come right back in it and actually take the lead. I also thought Jeff Van Gundy made a good point about Mikel Bridges. And he hasn't really got the credit he deserves for being an elite competitor. Right, we see the three and D, the long arms, you know, and he's he's a quiet kid. There's some Clay Thompson to him. There's some Clay to him, right? It's he's never up, he's never down, and he never backs down. And I thought he was a big part of kind of steadying the ship for the Suns again with campaign in that second quarter. So they go into the half, and it's it's pretty much right there, right? It's anybody's ball game. I thought that the quicker pace to start the second half actually favored the Suns, but Giannis didn't let it. Giannis didn't let it. <laughs> and look, I, I'll have a full breakdown of the game on Patreon today. You knew it was over at the 10-minute mark when the NBA ran the Thank You Fans commercial. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Aren't you supposed to run this after the game? Scott Foster and them messed that up, right? Nah. Uh, I think it was great experience for this young Suns team, obviously. Booker, Aiton, Bridges. For them all to get a taste of this this early in their career, it's priceless. For Devin Booker, as spectacular as he was, you saw how tough it was for him. And I think the next layer to his game, you saw some of the playmaking happening this season. Although in this series, he got he got greedy, right? Did you hear the stat? He didn't have a fourth quarter assist in the NBA Finals. That's telling to me. Some stats are telling that one like, you stumble into an assist when you consider how much he has the ball. He might have lost it out of his hands and someone picked it up and dunked it. You get the assist. So, yeah, the playmaking, we saw flashes of it throughout the season. But, you know, a lot of it, I think, in this playoff run was forced, right? Some of it was forced and you can't blame him. But we got to see him continue to develop as a playmaker and just make the game a little bit easier. And I think how he can do that is he's got to be more prolific from three. 
You saw Drew and PJ and the Bucks, how difficult they made it for him down the stretch, how much energy it takes for him to get to that mid-range. Pound, pound, pound. He's taking seven, eight dribbles. And I'm not talking about rhythm dribbles, like size-up dribbles. We're talking like with a body on him type dribbles. And that just uses so much energy. We know he's capable of shooting the three, but he needs to use it more and make it more of a threat because one, you spend less energy and then it ultimately, it'll let him get to that midi easier, right? When, when, when the defender's more worried about the threes, that's going to open up the mid-range. But you saw, again, in those final games where they were just like, no, nah, we know where you're going. We know where you're going. And he doesn't threaten it enough. That's the two next steps for Booker. Get more prolific from three. Maybe extend the range. Shoot it a little deeper. You know he's capable of it if he puts his mind to it. And then again, uh, continue to add layers to the playmaking. He can make all the passes now. Make them. For DeAndre, I mean, it, it was really disappointing, right? He shrunk in the moment. But at the same time, he's 21. So I don't know how you can get too down on him. Overall, his season was very successful and he took a lot of steps, particularly defensively. I don't think he's going to ever be the physical presence that people want him to be. But once Chris Paul is gone, what does he have one more year? And, you know, as, as, as time goes on, I think he can be the second option. Extend his range, kind of like Booker. I remember when he came out of U of A, it was thought that he would shoot the three and he just doesn't have the confidence to. I think he has the touch. I don't think he'll ever shoot the three, but I think that he can extend the range out a little bit deeper outside the elbow and then maybe develop a Dirk fade. You see he already has the turn right shoulder. So lean into his strengths as a finesse big. That means more shooting, develop the post game. Yeah, he's not going to back you down and, and put you in the rim, but we know he has some great hands, great touch. And I think that moving forward, the Suns need to uh, nurture that into him being the second option on this team. Chris Paul, Chris Paul, Chris Paul, it didn't happen for him. You saw him waddle off the court last night. At least he didn't completely shit the bed. Like the way he started the game, I was like, damn, this is ugly. He, he got it going, but it, hey, if it ain't meant to be, it ain't meant to be. Yeah, he's annoying, right? I've rooted against him his whole career, man, but I don't have a whole lot of venom. Not going to kick a man when he's down. It wasn't meant to be, and I think he knows that was his opportunity. As for the champs, let's give Bud his credit. I've been shitting on him. We all been shitting on him, right? It was championship or bust for him, literally, and he pulled it out. You wonder if he grows from this, right? You saw him get a little more adaptable, right? Make some changes game to game and stuff like that. And does he become more dynamic, right? Does this kind of fix the issue that everybody has with him? Or does he double down in his ways? Like, well, I stay the course. I have, I'm a championship coach now. And, and he's going to obviously have security now long-term in Milwaukee, I imagine. But yeah, I'm curious to see if this actually makes him grow as a coach or he just kind of goes back into his ways. Now, I heard this dude on FS1, Acho, a football player talking basketball. He had this to say about Giannis. To be the face of the NBA, no, not possible for him to be the face oh, of the NBA. You? Yeah, it's not possible, Selden. Why is it not possible? You can't be the face of the NBA if they can't pronounce your last name. Ooh. Let's call the spade a spade, y'all. Let me just abolish his argument, right? If you look at the faces of the league, they go by one name, Mike, Kobe, LeBron. So 
<laughs> we don't need to we don't need to say his last name. No one does, bro. Come on now. Now, could Chris Middleton be the face of the league? <laughs> nah, nah, nah. But listen, you can't take anything away from Giannis. I know that there is like this. Uh, I don't know. People trying to discredit or the skill level and, you know, Hooper basketball player. We'll talk a little bit about my definition of that in a second here. But Giannis deserves this as much as any champ prior. I don't care the path. He is officially a legend. And I think we all focus on his crazy physical gifts because it stands out, right? But I think what was most impressive in these finals and leading into it was his mental. To come back and play like that off that knee injury, off that scare, I think a lot of guys wouldn't have been able to mentally go hard after that scare. A lot of players would have been traumatized. I just, it was unbelievable. I think it's its almost been swept under the rug. It's like forgotten because of the way he played. It's like the knee, knee, and he didn't have a knee injury, did he? And then the free throws in the closeout game? Again, that's mental. That might have been the most impressive thing. Like when push came to shove, closeout time, you needed it. The dude, what was he, like 13 or 15 last night? It's amazing that a guy with that great of physical gifts can be that mentally strong because that doesn't go hand in hand, right? Usually, you know, Hercules is, can be a mental midget and be mentally fragile because he never had to use his mental, right? He was so physically dominant. And so the, the will of Giannis to go along with those physical gifts, he has a seat at the goat table with the bigs and his legacy is already set, right? I think the question now is how does he stay hungry? Two MVPs, Defensive Player of the Year, Championship, Finals MVP. He has all the stones to the gauntlet at 26 years old. The reality of it is, he won't stay as hungry. He won't be as motivated. It's not possible. He no longer has that advantage over his peers. You know, the KDs, the Kawhis, the LeBrons. One of Giannis's advantage the last few years was he's the hungrier guy. He hasn't tasted it yet, right? And so now... He's got to continue to grow, and now he has the experience. So he it, it balances out as you get older. You know where do your advantages lie? So he's got to continue to grow, figure out the free throws, and I think learn to be more effective without spending so much energy. And I think he learned some of that in these finals because he had no choice. He was exhausted, the knee, and he figured out how to be effective without playing 100 miles per hour. You imagine they bring back PJ and just run it back. But uh, I think it'll be real tough for him. I think it'll be real tough for him because when you look at the character of the team and how fickle they were game to game, right? They were so up and down and now they all have rings. You know, now you take away that carrot in front of them. I think it'll be real tough. Obviously, they're going to be a real strong team and a, a contender. But yeah, I would, my money wouldn't be on them going back to back. I'll tell you that much. But again, Giannis could retire today and can be held amongst the GOATs. 50? 50 in the closeout game? Man. As far as the shade being thrown, I saw CJ McCollum. CJ's a geek, bro. We all, see. Have you listened to his podcast? That nigga's a nerd, bro. So I don't, it's not surprising. But I saw this big topic of hoopers versus basketball players going around and, you know, Giannis, who, who's this? Clay, Giannis, Tim Duncan. Now you're getting into what do you, what's your definition of that? To me, a hooper is a gym rat. Here's how I separate it. It's a guy who can't stay out of the gym. With certain players, right, you've got to push them to show up every day. Hoopers, 
You got to tell them, chill, take a day off or two. That's the separator to me. Now, stylistically, your flavor, your game, that's so subjective. I don't think that defines a hooper. I think there's signs that let you know you're a gym rat. There's there's certain like shots and things that hoopers do where you're like, oh, he can't stay out the gym. He in the gym every day, right? But to me, the definition is really you can't leave the game alone. You need it. That's what makes a hooper to me. So yeah, Clay Thompson, hooper. He didn't have a whole lot of flavor, a whole lot of bag to his game, right? No, Clay needs to be in the gym. Steph needs to be in the gym. Draymond. Right? Uh, not so much. Draymond's a basketball player to me. That's my definition. Using my squad. Speaking of hoopers and basketball players, I was strolling the gram yesterday and I see Ben Simmons posted himself working out on his birthday. This dude got the nerve to leave the caption, my relentless pursuit of greatness. Nigga, if you don't relentlessly pursue a jumper, you're going to be out the league. Nah, man, but, you know, I just, I got a kick out of it, man, because it, it's just crazy, like, the, like, who are you fooling, kid? Who are you fooling? The funny thing is, is go look at Ben's IG and, and look at all the workouts he posts, and you'll notice none of it is shooting. None of it's shooting. Weightlifting, layups, posts, shows him dribbling. You won't catch a picture of this fool shooting. It's crazy. So I don't want to hear shit about a relentless pursuit of greatness, nigga. Jesus. All right, he just caught a hot one for me, but that shit, that shit had me, I don't even understand. Anyway, Olympics start Sunday. No days off. Shit, Middleton and Book and Drew, they're going to be there. That's going to be nuts, man. Um, one little thing I thought that was interesting. Have you, have you heard the, the, the legends of the U.S.? what do you call it? Like the U.S. combine. Like there's all sorts of fraternizing and crazy sex, sex capades at the Olympics because you got all these, you know, these athletes rooming together. And then I saw that Team USA is traveling together, the women's and the men's. And I was like, yo, who's smashing Big Asia? Who's creating the super Olympic baby? <laughs> No, I don't know. This is some, there's some rough customers on that on that women's team. You look up and down that roster. I I could see Brittany Gorilla pimping Tatum though. No, um, I'm I'm real curious to see these games, man. I don't I don't think the women will break a sweat. The women's team, there's a huge gap still, but obviously the men, it looks like it's going to be very competitive. We'll see. I, I may slide it slide in some of the the bigger games there on, on Patreon. We'll see how how this stuff goes. Um. But yeah, man, this was the first season of the Hezzy wrapping up here. Again, I want to thank y'all for the support. It's going to keep on pushing here. I'm going to link up with some of the guys over at basketballgods.net in the offseason. They got a bunch of stuff coming for you. But as always, you will find all my draft coverage pre and post. I'm dropping the Moody breakdown today. All the summer league coverage on my patron. And then, you know, when it's real, real offseason, and stuff settled down, you're going to get some training vlogs from me as I've been pulled back into coaching through really through my daughter's journey to, to go in D1 here. So you'll get some Alc in real life, some stuff like that. And, and really, my patrons know I'm never not providing content on there. There's no off season. So I encourage y'all to check that content out. Consider supporting me so, uh, so I can keep this thing rolling here, man. Again, I appreciate the support. This is The Hezzy brought to you by BasketballGods.net. I'm out, Joe.